Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. You really want to achieve a goal? Get your friends in on it. Get your family in on it. So they hold you accountable. Uh, it seems like a good idea at the time, right? But if you really want to be held accountable, they're going to hit you like every couple of weeks and pass and just go, hey, how's that diet going? And then the shame if you haven't been doing it, right? Or you can share your success. That's really what motivation by humiliation is uh, for Jackson here. And we've been working on this now for a couple of days because dude is determined now to get back to his old self, which looks like what? It is time. And uh, my old self is just someone who's a little more active, a little more fit, and uh, looks a little bit thinner in pictures. <laughs> that's where You're it keeping gets, it 100. That's where it gets unforgiving right there, man. It really right. does. These damn iPhones. I used know. to be a whole bunch better when it was just the uh, Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> Very forgiving, right? Um, all right. So you just want to get back in good shape. And as far as your weight goes, you're looking to take how much weight off? So the goal is 15 pounds by the end of the year, which we kind of established is one of the more aggressive but healthy goals that we could have set. Dudes are at an advantage in this area, man. We really are, that you can take a goal like that and you can make it. The water weight's going to come off like that. And we just lose weight quicker than women do, man. It's a sure. blessing, that is for sure. Uh-huh. Look at Cassie looking at you with daggers. <laughs> no, it's not daggers. It's jealousy. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I like cry it. on the inside. <laughs> all right. So we all went around and we made some suggestions on what this humiliation could be to keep you motivated and to keep you focused to be the best Jackson Kim you can be. Uh, Kristen, you came in with what? Well, I was going to have Cassie read off everything that was listed in the poll because you have the listeners voted to decide what Jackson's going to do to keep him accountable. Yes. So. So I will go. Do you guys want me to go from last to um, highest? Yes. Okay. So the first punishment that is out is act out of a scene. Act out a scene of Devil's Wear Prada where he is Meryl Streep's character. That was Abby's. Oh, okay. Y'all have no taste. <laughs> I think it was too forgiving. Listeners are mean. <laughs> they want nudity. So no. I was picturing him in a Meryl Streep wig. Trust me, that wouldn't have been forgiving. <laughs> The next to last one is dancing in his underwear and his girlfriend films him. That was Mo. Okay. That's fair. It wasn't me. <laughs> both, both of those got under 4% of the bo- votes. You didn't, you didn't have to add that. Next up. Pose. She just pays a lot of attention yeah. to detail, okay, though. That's, that's what all. that is? Okay. I thought people would want to know. Uh-huh. Next up is Pose and Tommy's adult baby diaper outfit with 9% of the votes. Okay, that would have been sweet oh, also. I like that one. All right. That's a good one. It's pretty yeah. humiliating. Now for the top three. Third place. Get drawn for a nude art class. Yeah. With 14% of wow. the votes. Wow, to me, that's like the most horrifying thing. And Kristen's already done this. That's why. We've been there, done that. God, I don't know how you did that. That would have literally made me throw up oh, before I had to get in there. I don't know how I did it either, and I still have regrets to this day <laughs> about doing it. Trust me. That's one of the few times that your husband has actually been pissed by a bit that we've done on the radio. Oh, he was big mad. <laughs> a bit. Oh, he was big mad. Because what had happened was the teams that we chose... Um, I stuck with my alma mater, Kentucky, and because this was a college football bet. 
Um, and it was whatever team had the best, the, the worst score or the worst record at the end of the year. Correct. That personality who picked that team yes. had to be in that art room. And she went um, stupidly um, with loyalty. I did. And then somebody else on the show chose um, one of the top teams in the country. It was like Alabama I, or something. It right? was Alabama. And then you chose, I think, UGA. No, that was St. Francis that year. Because oh, remember, it went down to the last week. Oh, was it St. Francis uh-huh. that year? Okay, and you chose St. Francis, which everybody's like, who's St. Francis? But they had the best <laughs> record in their conference. Like, they were a really good team. Like a Division three school, with like Roman Catholic school. Nobody had heard of them. <laughs> but if you're in their conference or that's your division, you know how their dynasty. Yes, and so you thought, so some people were like, oh, that was, that's fair. No, it still wasn't. <laughs> and so my husband was so livid that the guys on the show chose teams that they knew would win. And I stuck with my alma mater. He was just, and he wasn't just mad at them. He was also pissed at me. Yeah, he should have been more mad at you than anything else. He's like, you could have taken Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sober? Yeah, yeah, Ain't yeah. no way. Uh-uh. 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 My very first pose was the Heisman pose. Was he really? <laughs> <laughs> and did you have to sit in there with like a sheet like half over you? Or was it full on nude? No, it was full on nude. It was full on nude. And I did, <laughs> I had to do three poses. I did one pose for five minutes, another pose for like 15 minutes, and another pose for like 30 minutes. I had to 30 sit th- minutes? Yeah, I had to sit there for 30 minutes while the art class, because they had to do a quick draw. And then they had, yeah, most of the, most of the students were kind enough to give me the, um, the artwork after when I left the class. Oh, that was nice. Did you start improvising and do like down dog and stuff so they get every angle? No, I did not. I love your son, honey. (laughs) It looks like a black hole. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're down to the the last two here. Final two. Miss Congeniality in second place happened to be my favorite punishment. Jackson would have to host a sushi class and everyone eat sushi off his naked body, which means... Number one, first place, the winner. Picture of him in his underwear on a jumbotron at a major sporting Ooh, event. Bruh. Okay. Oh. Okay. So. Bessie's yours idea would. Yeah, I know. Yes. I, and I feel like it is. It is the cruelest. I just I imagined which one. What I would not want to do, and it was that. Now the problem that we're going to have maybe is finding the right stadium. With just the right HD screen. That's huge. Okay. An unforgiving jumbotron somewhere in the country we will find. That's pretty damn good motivation. Yeah. Things just got a lot more real. (laughs) (laughs) Out of all of those punishments, was there one that you were hoping would win? And what's the one that you absolutely did not want? Well, I don't want to disclose the one that I absolutely don't want because I know that's going to come back to bite me. Sushi class it is, Kristen. So we've established you have no room for error because we're going for, what, eight weeks, I think we established it was? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one is down. What have you done in this week? Yes, one is down. So uh, meal plan has been going pretty well. And I've actually implemented two-a-days where uh, coming home uh, from work, I'll go do some sort of strength training. And then in the evening when my girlfriend gets off work, we'll go for a run together. Okay. Okay. Uh, You've been focused. This motivation right here. Well, enjoy your lettuce and croutons for the next seven weeks. (laughs) No croutons, just lettuce. I also do two-a-days with Big Macs. (laughs) 
The Burt Show. All right, so today is follow-up Thursday. Why? Because it's Thursday. And you guys will hit us up with emails and go, Hey, Burt Show, whatever happened to blankety blank, 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 blank? Can you give us some closure on that? And in this case, it was Johnette Josephs who emailed us and said, Hey, Burt Show peeps, last fall you did a shady or not segment where a woman suspected her sister-in-law was trying to make a move on her husband. Can I get a follow-up on that on Thursday? I don't remember that. (laughs) Well, what happened was, and this was October of last year, um, Danielle liked her brother's new girlfriend until she started bringing her husband around. Anytime they hung out, she noticed her brother's girlfriend would try to build an alliance and flirt with her husband. Danielle's husband brushed it off and said she was overacting. But things took a turn when Danielle noticed her husband was receiving text messages from her brother's girlfriend. She kept trying to get him out for lunch alone. We all agreed this was super shady behavior. Kristen even suggested Danielle explain to her husband why she doesn't feel comfortable with him going to lunch. Based on his reaction, she would know everything she needs to know. So we need to know, was Danielle's intuition right or not? I can't believe it's been over a year since I first emailed you guys about all that. I didn't really have to do much about the situation. Even though he first thought I was overreacting about her, My husband started to see what I was talking about and also started to become annoyed by the attention she tried to give him. So, he and I tried our best to distance ourselves from her. It wasn't easy, nor 100% possible. As for my brother's relationship with her, a few months after my original post, we had a family gathering where her behavior became unmistakably clear to everyone. She made a mean and inappropriate joke about my brother in front of all of us. Attempting to rope my husband into it. He didn't play along, which led to an awkward moment. This incident opened up a bigger discussion among the family. My brother, who had been oblivious, started noticing more red flags in their relationship. It wasn't just her dynamic with my husband, but now she treated others too. A few weeks later, he discovered she had been dishonest about several things in her life. They they ultimately broke up. He's still single, but he's dating. So, if there are any sweet... Moral girls who want to be set up, send them my way. Thanks. Sweet and moral? Nah. That's what yeah. I asked for. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you're on your own there. One or the other, Hodge. One or the other. What do you think, Abby? Yeah, maybe check out a convent. I'm sure there's a couple of people uh, you could set them up there with. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm glad it ended up for the best and they ended up breaking up. I always feel like when something's off in somebody else's relationship it's so hard because you just kind of want to take control of the situation and be like how do you not see what we see so I'm glad that things finally came to light and I always feel like karma's going to bite people in the butt it looks like it came for your brother's yep. uh, ex-partner yep I agree I always I've always stood by karma will come back eventually and I think it did I mean I'm sure it was frustrating the entire time that she was going through it but now, it, now that you have your answers, all you can really do is uh, put yourself in a position where you don't have to deal with it anymore. And I'm glad it worked out for them all. I'm just glad he finally saw her for what she was. For sure. And I'm glad your husband came around, too, because that was the most infuriating part. Um, and he, 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 he chose sides wisely, which was his <laughs> wife's side, yeah. to understand that this woman was out of line. Yeah, sometimes it's very, very, I mean, when your mind is made up, sometimes it is very, very difficult when you're getting input, even from people you respect, to really, really take it. Once you've got a lens on it and you're so sure, it's very, very difficult. All right, Cassie, we got a couple of extra seconds here. you got a holiday hot take already, and here holiday. we are, Thursday, November 9th. I do, and it's about Christmas and Mariah Carey 
And the whole thing, defrosting before Thanksgiving has even caught its breath. You like things in chronological order. <laughs> Normally I do. And I did not enjoy seeing Christmas stuff up before Halloween. I thought that crossed the line. Like, you let the devil's holiday have its day, okay? <laughs> and then, and then Jesus can swoop yes, in. Yes, Jesus is cool like that. It's like, fine, I don't believe in what you're doing over there, but I love everybody. Sharing is caring. So do Halloween. <laughs> it just, it doesn't work. But I understand that Thanksgiving gets lumped into the holidays, and especially because it's really just an American tradition, so worldwide, like... People aren't celebrating it. Here's my thing. I have seen so many complaints this year about Christmas coming early, right? And people excited to celebrate Christmas, like not even a mention of Thanksgiving. Can we just enjoy Thanksgiving first and then launch into Christmas? For some reason this year, like the commentary I've seen on it is on another level. People are mad. Really? Because that's fascinating because in my feed... Everybody's gone ham and is doing Christmas early. They've already got their decorations up. They are unapologetic about it. And they're like, this is... And I also read that people who put their Christmas decorations up earlier are happier. Really? Uh-huh. Well, that plays right into my holiday hot take is let Christmas have the stage. I'm sorry, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you're going to have to take a backseat. Okay. And it's not like we're not going to celebrate Turkey Day on the day and maybe the day after. There's a lot of bad stuff happening in people's personal lives and in the world. If they want to have a little Christmas cheer to forget about the trauma of being alive, let them. <laughs> Keep your little opinions about, oh, when am I Thanksgiving? Nobody cares about Turkey Day. We want fat, jolly Santa now. Okay? So my holiday hot take is, sure, enjoy your Thanksgiving turkey, but shut up when the rest of us are celebrating Christmas early. You don't Thank agree you. with it? Not at all. I love Thanksgiving, man. It's my favorite holiday. Uh-uh. I, I feel like we should defrost the means, beans, tomatoes, lady, way before we <laughs> <laughs> It's not fair. Thanksgiving I, needs better songs if it wants a whole month to itself. There ain't no songs for Thanksgiving. We worked on that last year. We have one, Abby, and we will play it again this year. But Christmas has like 1,500. We, we got one. Yeah, we got one. Can we start with one? <laughs> the Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. The 2024 Met Gala theme is out, and it looks like it might be throwing a little shade at Kim K. So Kim controversially wore Marilyn Monroe's iconic Happy Birthday, Mr. President gown on the red carpet. And I swear, everyone became like Marilyn Monroe internet trolls after this, basically coming after her for wearing a piece of history on the red carpet. It wasn't damaged, but it was definitely not in its original condition when it was returned. I think there were like little tears on the back from when it had been pulled because she got that BBL. (laughs) And of course, and they didn't have those back in the day. So it wasn't the same shape as Marilyn as it had been and had been preserved. Can I I for one second? BBL. Brazilian butt lift. Got it. The high butt. Gotcha. All right. (laughs) So it proved a lot of people's points that it should have been preserved and not worn. So on to the theme. It was announced yesterday that the 2024 Met Gala theme is called Sleeping Beauty's Reawakening Fashion. Now, Lux Collective on TikTok did such a good good job explaining why this is such a dig at Kim, and I just love their accents. Next year's Met Gala theme has just been announced, and it's low-key a dig to Kim Kardashian. Oh my God, why? So, the theme is always based off of whatever exhibit is going on in the Costume Institute. Yes. And with their collection of over 30,000 costumes spanning back to the 1600s, they've decided to lean into their history. Okay. So, they're going to be using brands like Scaparelli, Givenchy, McQueen, and okay. so more. So, it's structured around 50 historically significant pieces that are way too fragile to ever be worn again. Uh, 
So unlike Kim squeezing into Marilyn's dress, these pieces are going to be brought to life using light, sound, AI and CGI. Wow! Then they're going to combine that with contemporary pieces that have an emphasis on sustainability. And the name of the exhibition is Sleeping Beauties Reawakening Fashion. Oh, that's so cute! Yeah, so the theme I will be taken that. from that. They did a really good job explaining because a lot of people were like, so many um, people are going to be dressing up as Sleeping Beauty because they totally miss the memo and what it's actually about. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's 100% a dig. Like there are some, there, there's some fashion that should never be worn again in order to preserve it. Yeah. And I get what Kim was trying to do by wearing it because I think there's a lot of parallels to what she did for beauty standards today in the same way like that Marilyn Monroe did back in the day in terms of like embracing being a curvy, sensual woman. And so I think Kim's team thought that they were really doing something when they brought out the dress for her to wear it. Like, look, like, look, it's like history repeating itself. But I think honestly, it did more damage literally than good. So what other fashion icons from different decades should never be worn again? I would say in, in, a, in a fun way. Like a snap, one of those snap watches. What are they <laughs> snap bracelets that we used to have? Oh. Those should never come back again. What else? So you, okay, so you're not talking about, because I was about to go, like, you said in a fun way. So yeah. th- fashion that should never come back. Like trends, yeah, that should never, ever come back. I'm, I'm over the turtlenecks. Turtlenecks. <gasps> no, I never liked them. You know what the dickie oh, is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yes, what yes, is I a dickie? A dickie is like a faux turtleneck. So it's like you have a turtleneck, <laughs> but it stops right here because, like, you get too hot underneath your sweater. So it doesn't have arms and it's not full body. So you look, I had a dickie growing up. Did you? Yes. And so because I ran hot, I sweated like a mad woman. So I had a freaking dickie to put underneath sweaters. There had to be, like, a hairstyle for women that should never come back again for you guys or some kind of clothes. Uh, uh, shoes. Well, I would say mullet, but mullets came back, man. Yeah, they did. Uh-huh. Those Uggs, big- are, Uggs are still hot, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're kind of, I don't know if I would call Uggs camp, but I don't see anybody wearing Uggs as like a fashion statement. It's more of like comfort or like throwback to the early 2000s. <laughs> like you wear it with a low-rise miniskirt and then maybe like a polo with the collar pops mm. and puka shells. I'd be okay with statement necklaces. You know, like the multi-layer, big jeweled statement uh-huh. necklaces you wore in the early 2000s of your layered lace shirt and then the t-shirt over it with the jean skirt and the big old belt buckle. Yeah. I'd be okay with that whole outfit. Okay. Oh, right. Do you remember those bubble necklaces? The ones that like went straight down to your belly button, like the ones that they're like bright red, bright pink and they're like... I'll pull up a photo later. Yeah, but you don't get to play this game. No, I, I feel like <laughs> that's a statement. She's nine years old. She's talking about trends that were two years ago. Exactly. You guys remember? Well, do you know what a fanny pack is? Yeah. We're keeping those because they are useful as hell. Agreed. I was to say. Fanny packs are bad. They yeah, are. They are. 100% agree on that. Every time I go out and about, like if we're going on a hike or something, everyone I know has that yes. chic Lululemon one, but instead of wearing it around the, wa- yep. the waist, we've evolved. Yep. And we decided to wear it across the chest so we look more like we're on a safari rather than we're like your dad at Disney don't, World. Don't say we. I wear it around my waist. I got too much going on on the chest. There's no room. It was the longest actor strike to date, and it's finally over. Or is it? I'll tell you about the tentative deal they've got going on on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. I think at any point of the school year, you could open up The Burt Show's vent line for teachers, for students, for administration, for parents. At the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, at the middle of the year, I think the vents are plentiful. And when I had my husband on recently to do a carpool vent 
because here we are months into the school year and there's still issues in the carpool lane. Um, I think I struck a nerve with some people and they have some vents of their own that mm-hmm. they would like to get off their chest. So in case you missed it, this was my <laughs> husband um, getting off his chest, his issues with our school's carpool lane. Mind you, my son is two. <laughs> This system that they have to drop off kids at Jimmy's Preschool. There is station one, two, and three. You pull up into a spot, you unload your kids, and you keep it moving. This is this lady's first offense. They're unloading their kids. They're in spot two and three. I'm waiting for them to pull out. They're taking their sweet M time. <laughs> Drop-off line is not a social circle. It's not time to mm. chit-chat. As I'm unloading Jimmy, these two ladies are still just hanging out, talking. So now they're getting the death stare. I get my truck, and I look at my front windshield, and guess what they're doing now? They're pulling shoes out of the backseat, showing each other their shoes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to honk. I'm not going to honk. I'm not going to honk. I just ease past. As I'm going around, one of the ladies finally goes around her car, and she's saying something. My side window's open. I don't know what she's saying. I just merely yell, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I get an email from Callan. I heard Bart's segment. And you can have a regular segment of carpool vents and complaints. Trust me, every parent with school-age children has stories about clueless or inconsiderate parents in the carpool lane. It's absurd, and it really isn't that hard. (laughs) So what we've done is to get us to this Thanksgiving break, right? Because I know some teachers are counting down. Parents probably not counting down because they don't want their kids at home. But um, we're going to do like a little, (laughs) I'm I'm a parent now, I get it. (laughs) We're going to do a little school vent line, okay? So 404-954-1360. We're going to share this on all the socials. Is this carpool specifically or school? Anything in school? I want to keep it open. Uh, If you have carpool vents, by all means. If teachers, you have vents, by all means. Parents, students, I just want to make it a generic school vent line mm-hmm. so people can get stuff off their chest. I know we're all stressed because we're, you know, we're in the throes of holiday season now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, let it out on the vent line instead of on each other and at school. Yeah, my first one would be, like, my kid goes to a Catholic school and he gets busted all the time because his hair's, like, too far down the collar line, right? So he's coming home with, like, these little, he gets pegged for that at school. So I said, you go back in there and you tell the principal, Jesus had long hair. <laughs> like you guys would, you guys would be like pinging Jesus. Jesus had some beautiful tresses. If he had a co- collared shirt on, if he was rocking a collared shirt, Jesus hair would be too long. Yeah. It'd be a violation. Here's my school event. Stop asking me to do stuff. I'm not cooking for Thanksgiving dinner at the school. I'm already cooking my own Thanksgiving dinner. If y'all mm-hmm. want to do it. That's on you. Stop asking me to show up for trunk or treat. I got my own stuff going on. We're already doing this at home. I appreciate you trying to expose my kid to the world. I don't want to be a part of it. Okay, so those are the kind of events that we're looking for right there. And let's give you the number again. It's 404-954-1360 because you don't want to anger other parents. You don't no. want to anger the administration. You don't. You can't say to your students' parents what you really want to say, right? So just say it on our vent line. Say it here. 404-954-1360. Oh, and you can cuss because we can beep it out and we also use the voice disguiser so nobody's gonna know who you are yeah that's, that's the fun part <laughs> <laughs> all right look it's an important job it's a very important job there you are out in the town maybe both of you guys are single and one of you lands a big fish okay the great looking guy at the bar or the hottie at the bar and you're with somebody that just hasn't had the same amount of luck your roles change at this point 
Now you're the point guard, okay? You are the wingman or the wing woman, and it is your job to make sure your friend, your priority number one, is having a great time that night, gets a number, hooks up, whatever. But a lot of you guys, including Mo and Katie here, who have screwed it up over the last couple of weeks. You're butchering this assignment. (laughs) (laughs) Have decided to put a list of instructions together to be a good wing man and a wing woman. That's a fact. It is is vital. It's very important to be a good wing person. We talk about how difficult it is to date and how difficult it is to find a potential partner. And you can blow it as a wing woman or a wing man for your friend. So I think it's important that we make sure that everybody who is ever a wingman or a wing woman understands the assignment. So you've come up with a wing manual. Yes. Okay. Oh. <laughs> a wing manual. I like that. Wing mm-hmm. manual. I like that. You can go home. Give, yeah, Just go, it. It's not going to get that any better than this. <laughs> I would say that I, uh, quite honestly and pathetically, um, I had to be a great wing man. Look, my area of attraction was not going to be in bars, right? Okay, I'm a five foot four guy now. Back in the day, I wasn't. That's just, look. The bars are for hotties, and I was never a hottie. So generally speaking, like, my friends were going to hook up, and more often than not, I was the wingman. So I feel like I can dig into this list. Okay, so let's do it. All right. Katie, I'm going to go first. We can rattle off together. Okay. I feel like the number one rule for being a wingman or a wingwoman is simple. Never steal your partner's thunder or your partner's potential partner. For sure. I'm off yeah. the game. You yeah. cannot do it. Survey says, All right. Okay. <laughs> you should also... Practice scenarios beforehand. <laughs> like Before you like g- drills? Wait, yes. You got, you got wing practice? Yes. <laughs> I, do, I do this with my girls. We have a little practice scenario. I'm like, all right, so we see a dude. All right, what are you going to do? And if he comes up to you, says, you know, hey, this or hey, that, we practice scenarios and responses. It's a coaching mm. session. Mm-hmm. So give us an example of what this might sound like. So, um, whew, all right. So basically, I'll tell like my best friend, I'm like, look. I mean, you're here with Kristen. Yeah, Kristen yeah. is oh, single okay. and you all guys right. are about to head out. Golly, gee, I'm so excited to go out tonight. <laughs> I, really, I really hope I find a man. Oh, wow. 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 You don't have to be hitched. Because <laughs> that one is... Woo! All right. Okay. All right. So we're gonna go to, so neat. <laughs> Whoa. All right. So what we're going to do is tone down our excitement. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. We're going to play We're gonna play it cool. Cool. How does? How do you play it cool? Here, take this, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the tone okay. and the voice. Okay, so what's my what's my tone? It's, it's not tone. It's tone. Think, tone. Think, like, like, you know, hey, how you doing? How's it going? Chill, vibe. You like him, but you don't really like him. But if he approaches you, right, you don't want to act too eager. Mm-hmm. If you think that he's cute, hey. you want to play it cool. Yeah. He asks to buy you a drink. Like, eh. I don't know about that. But I'm white. Okay. This is definitely hard. I'm not yeah. itch mode. I don't know if I'm Coach Christian, you got to represent. I've never been in this uh, position. That's a tough assignment. That's a very tough one. <laughs> Maybe the two of you guys should just that's stay home. That's not it. Yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah, that plane ain't got no wings. No, no. <laughs> but I'll just basically like, tell my friend not to be too eager if a guy approaches you or anything yeah. like that, right? Okay. 
if he asks for a drink, if asked to buy you a drink, you can mention how common that is. Like, what is what? What's your end game here? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, a drink is too easy. All right, that's what do you want to do? Give you his watch? No. <laughs> Conversation. It's just so easy for someone. Hey, can I buy you a drink? Well, no. well everybody's trying drink. to buy me a drink in yeah. here. What's, what's the follow-up? That's a better pickup line. Hey, do you want my left shoe? <laughs> See, not everybody will give you the left shoe. Hey. See? <laughs> but a coaching session. Practice some scenarios okay. or something like that with your friends. Yeah, I got signals too, like from the dugout and baseball for the pitcher. Well, yeah, that's also on my list. Hand okay. signals. Okay. You always have. Okay. Yes, you okay. have to have hand signals of when to come and intercept mm-hmm. and when to leave that person alone. That's line. important. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Uh, I also think it's important to not oversell your partner. I feel like a lot of people make that mistake. You want to make your partner look good, but it comes. It becomes pretty obvious when you're overselling them and doing mm-hmm. a little too much. Like what? Like, oh, this guy volunteers all the time on weekends, and oh, oh, he loves puppies. Exactly that. Okay. It's like, don't, that's not even necessary for the initial meeting of conversation yeah. to say all of the charities and all the things he's doing, because it comes off as you're doing too much. It's really, a good wingman is there really just to take pressure off of the that's dude it. or the woman and do it in a group setting where she or he doesn't even know what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. That, that's also on my list. I'm, uh, since you said that, I'll get that out the way right now, too. You never make them feel as if your partner sent you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You always go with the approach that you're doing this and your partner uh-huh. doesn't even know you're there. That's right? how I screwed up that time with you at the restaurant. Yeah. Sorry that, about that. That's okay. It happened. Kristen got that's up. That's why we're here. We were all having a group dinner and um, Kristen saw a table of full-on hotties uh, across the restaurant and decided one of them was going to marry Mo and walked <laughs> over to the table and made a move for a grown-ass man. Yeah, that happened. It sounded like this. Gee, golly gosh, you're real pretty. I'd love to stand in your wedding. Will you marry my friend over there? She was stunning. What were you going to say? Oh, I'm just saying I've been in this situation as a woman where I'm standing there at a bar with my friend and some dude will come up and then he's almost like the sales guy for his friend where he's like, my dude is such a stud. All the ladies love him. And in my mind, the only thing I'm thinking while you're selling this dude is, well, if he was really this hot, you wouldn't need to sell him this hard. Right, bingo. And then you come over and it's very obvious what's going on and it makes the whole situation yes. feel very unorganic. You are just the bridge between the chemi- uh, of chemistry between the two that you're trying to hook up. Mm-hmm. It's like you're the opener. Don't don't be the main event. You're just the opener. Just warm it up for him. Exactly. But also, don't be afraid to intercept and take the fugly friend. If you know that your friend is having a good vibe with someone, yep. you can't be afraid to take the other person out of that scenario yep. and let those two have their own conversation, even so, if you don't like that person. Can I tell you how extreme this got for me? And this is such a bad story, such a pathetic story. So I'm in Hawaii with my dude, John, uh, and we meet two girls that are from Oregon. We're from California. We meet two girls that are from Oregon. Uh, he ends up linking up with the hottie in the group, and I got the not hottie. But... They, she wouldn't go out with my dude, John, unless all four of us were going out. So we end up hanging out, and then I end up hooking with up with the other friend really more out of to be a good wingman. She, I, I wasn't attracted to her at all. And then when we got back to California, his girl wanted to fly into town but would only come if the fugly friend was there. So I had to spend the whole weekend with her, man. The whole weekend. It was so bad. It was so bad. I couldn't do it. Like, on Friday night, she came in. We hung out for a couple of hours and she annoyed me so much that I just left the apartment. Wow. I had to leave. I couldn't take it anymore. Now, that's supposed to be like a one-time thing. You're yeah. not supposed to have yeah. to do that yeah, all yeah. season long. It's <laughs> <laughs> one game. That was next level. Yes, yeah. sir. And also, at the end of the night, 
you have to know when to back off. So say they didn't have a friend. It was just a one-on-one and you just happened to be like the third wheel. You had to know that, okay, this is good. It's time for me just to mm-hmm. leave, in, yes. leave into the shadows. Yes, and you don't announce it. Nope. Right. Yeah. You just fade away. You know when to leave. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, even if they did, you never make your partner feel like they blew it. If it doesn't go well, you always make it seem like it was the other person's fault so that your partner doesn't lose confidence. That's a part of being a good wing person. I was never good at that. I'm going to give you tremendous amount of crap if you can't close. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm the same way. I'm invested. (laughs) It's the Burt Show. If you listen to the Burt Show, you know we call romantic alone time piano playing. And if you want to get a little bit better at playing your music sheet between the sheets, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping and rush processing. And that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get a free kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure, and Adam and Eve wants to make your life easy. They've got discreet shipping as your privacy is a priority, plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your piano playing room. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item something adventurous or something you've always desired. Just enter code Abby, A-B-B-Y at checkout. That's Abby, A-B-B-Y at adamneve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount at adamandeve.com. Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up and there's so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. The Burt Show. This is a real shocking revelation for one 17-year-old who has gone on a TikTok and it's such shocking revelation that it's gone viral. Her observations are going viral because she realizes that the more time she spends on social media, the more depressed she gets. <gasps> wow. Who would have thought? Right? Here she is. This is the one that's going viral because she downloaded like this new app. I think it's called Opal uh, and it charts how much time you're spending on social media. And I guess if you don't, if you're not charting it, you don't realize like half your freaking day is spent online, man. And that's what they're designed to do, right? I would just lay in the same position for like easily six hours, seven hours straight. And afterwards, I just felt like such a zombie. They gave me the statistic that I was on track to spend 17 years of my life on my phone by the time I turned like 60 or 70. And that was my biggest wake up call. You think? It's almost a fourth of your life (laughs) online. How long, when you guys get into one of those rolls, rabbit holes, how long can you spend online just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling before you look at the clock and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it's been blank. Mm. I I spend so long that TikTok sends a video and says, hey, you've been scrolling for a really long time. Do you want to stop? There there are those? 
Yep. Come on. Usually hits after about two hours. Oh, that's nothing. Two hours. Yeah, no, I haven't. So my scrolling, and I think a lot of moms can relate to this, um, and it doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, like you spend all your day dedicated to other people, and then once you put the kid to bed, you mm-hmm. just want some time to yourself. So you will sit there, and you will lay in bed, and you will scroll and scroll and scroll, and then before I know it, I'm like, how is it already 930? <laughs> right. Like, well, and obviously 930 is late for us because of when we have to get up. Um, and I'm just like, where did the time go? It's a time suck. It's so hard to continue to tell yourself, like, you're being manipulated. Like, they're keeping you online mm-hmm. for a reason. These algorithms are so sophisticated. They know what they're doing, right? And they're manipulating us. And when you're young, it's very, very difficult to have that kind of discipline. Here she says, um, social media um, only drained her time. It affected her self-worth. When someone has 100 million, millions of followers, and they look a certain way, act a certain way, and are this standard of beauty almost... I just immediately interpret that as the reason I don't have those things is because I'm not good enough and I'm not pretty enough. I mean, it's things we talk about every day, mm-hmm. right? What was the name of that show that was on Netflix that exposed the algorithms? And social all that? Network. Set, was it the social? I think so. Was that the name of it? I think not, so. Not the Zuckerberg one. Oh, that was the one that changed it for me. I'm not sure. Uh, there was. It was a documentary. Yeah. We were talking about it for weeks. Dang it. I know. I love this. Keep talking because I know you have another um, clip to play. And it really makes you realize like how manipulated you are. Like the people that design the algorithm are telling you like, I feel like crap because I know that I. The social dilemma. The social dilemma. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that I know that I created something that's manipulating your kids. Here she is uh, saying that she's really happy to be free as she's cutting back her time on it. When I'm not constantly scrolling through social media, I feel like there's just like a huge weight off my shoulders. I think you kind of felt this with the dating apps. Yeah, I mean, you're spending so much time in a world that's not real, mingling, if you will, with people that you don't know and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It's It's a highlight reel. And that's such a cliche to say that because in the age of social media, so many people have come out and been like, this is just my highlight reel. This is not really what's going on. But when you're that young, you don't have the life experience and the context to understand that that's not just something people are saying on social media. It really is the truth. I really want to give her her due credit to be 17 and this self-aware. That's true. That, that really I mean, true. that's that's really, really impressive. I know it helped me after watching The Social Dilemma. I, I never really had a problem with the scroll part of it because I don't scroll for long at all. But I check my phone constantly. That's what gets me. The I leave my, Right. Like constantly picking it up every time I see a notification. So I leave my phone in a different room now for like hours. I won't even be next to it. It's, I, I think we're at a time now. And this is not just a teen thing. Um we, we don't have to be bored anymore. No. I'm yes. totally and completely guilty of this, man. Like, for the four weeks that I really tried to put my phone away, uh, you know, like sitting in the lobby of a doctor's office or whatever and not having my phone in my hand and just staring forward felt so odd. We just aren't used to that anymore. For me, the hardest part is feeling disconnected from references that people will have. Like TikTok for me is one of the hardest things to let go because if I stay off TikTok for a week and then I'm out like with my friends, they'll say something or they'll reference something they'll see on TikTok and I'll be like, oh, I didn't see that. And you feel really out of the loop and it's weird because social media will keep you so disconnected from people. But at the same time, if you're not on social media, you're missing out on everything that people are talking about. So it's this weird cycle that's so hard to get out of. It is a vicious circle and like I said before they know exactly what they're doing Mm -hmm. they know exactly what they're doing Mm -hmm. that for you page is eerie (laughs) isn't it how well it knows you yes the bird show
right, let's get to Asia here because she's wondering if this is an offense to where she should ditch this guy or continue to date. Can you give someone a second chance when they had already decided that you are not worth dating? Hey, Asia, good morning. Morning. Hi. Hi. Okay. Um, Tell us what we got here. Yeah. So I went out with a guy like a year ago. I thought we had a really good time, but um, I guess I like misread the situation because he didn't ask me out a second time, but I was like kind of feeling him and I was like in a good place. So I was like, I'm just going to ask him out myself. Uh, And I was not expecting him to say no, Um, but he did. He said he didn't think we were a good fit. And then he didn't really give me any more information. Like, he didn't elaborate at all. So I didn't really pick up on the fact that, like, he wasn't enjoying our date. It seemed like we were having a good time. So, like, now I just, like, don't really know if, like, I can trust my instincts or whatever. But, like, fast forward to, like, a year later, and he just suddenly started texting me out of nowhere. He asked if I wanted to go out on Saturday night. And I said yes, but now I'm wondering if I should have said no instead because, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, if he didn't like me the first time, why would something have changed? Like, I'm the same. I just, I don't know. Should I ditch him or date him? Well, it's because he's more more desperate now. (laughs) (laughs) More than likely. That's what it is. He's been out there and it's like, things aren't going so well. Maybe I'll give Asia a call. Um, isn't um, Isn't this called submarining? Where yeah, where you go away for a while and then all of a sudden he comes back up and he's like, "Hey, how you been?" But it's been like a year, God. and now he wants to ask you out. Yeah, I feel like if I wasn't good enough for you then, I'm not good enough for you now. I don't know. I've always had that mentality. If, if I'm being honest, I feel like when this happens, more than likely with a man, it's either because he had a he thought he had a better option and it didn't work out, yeah. or because he's hit such a slump. That he'll go back to whomever he believes will say yes. Don't be a man slump buster. Yes, don't do that. That is not what you want to be. So if he had said something different when she asked him, like they went out on their first date and he kind of like, he he didn't ask her out and she did. And he goes, I don't think we were a good fit. If he had had some other excuse, like, you know, I'm just, I'm not in a place right now to be in a relationship. Anything like that. He said the two of you mm-hmm. were not a good fit. Mm-hmm. And it's only been a year. It's not like we're talking about you guys have had like these, you know, massive changes from like, you know, 19 to 32. So, yeah, if we weren't a good fit then, we ain't a good fit now. Yeah, this guy didn't ask you out because he wants to go on another date with you. He asked you out to go out on Saturday night. And what I'm hearing from that situation is that he's asking you to go out on a primetime weekend spot. He's not asking you to go out on a date. He's asking you to go out, which means he thinks that you're going to be a slam dunk in Mm. a different department. And I think you got to ditch this guy because I think he's just going to use you and then never talk to you again. All right. I'm going to take a different slant on this. I'm going to try to be the positive one here. Okay. Thank you, (laughs) Sean. All right. A lot of people can change in a year. And yes, maybe he didn't think you guys were such a great fit. So now he's been dating for a year and he realizes looking back like, dang, Asia was really, really cool. And... He's given you a shot on prime time. Like Abby said, like if he wasn't really into it, it would be a Wednesday afternoon lunch date. This is prime damn time right here. So I think this could be an actually, this could be a second part to this because I think Kristen is right also. I think your next text to him is, well, if I wasn't a good fit a year ago, why am I a good fit now? And then based on that answer, is you having plans on Saturday night or not? 
Is it weird to send that text though? Now, because like I've already said yes, so I don't want to like. Oh, you already said yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you can. Yeah. I, can, I think not? you can go. Just one. Hey, just wondering before we go out Saturday night. Yeah. Why is the timing right now? I, I see nothing wrong with that at Me all. Because I think that answer does tell you okay. everything. Okay, that's it's actually really helpful. I was like really stressing this, but I'm feeling a little better now. How would you uh, handle that? <laughs> Abby is very skeptical. <laughs> I wouldn't have said yes to this in the first place. No. To me, this is very clear that this guy is just hitting you up because he maybe he's been in a dry spell for a hot second and he's looking for an easy <laughs> yes for something else. To me, this sounds like a booty call. It doesn't sound like he's asking you to go out, out at all. My opinion from my experience. Did you give up the booty the first time you guys went out? No, mm. which is like part of the thing, maybe. Like, I don't know if that was part of the reason he was like, I don't think we're a good fit, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm definitely not going to give it up this time, like ditch, just off ditch, the bat. Ditch, so. ditch, 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 ditch. I say hit him with the question first before you make a final decision. I say hit him with the question okay. and he has to move you with his answer. And if he yep. doesn't, then ditch him. Okay. All right, Asia, will you hit Thank us tomorrow and let so us much. will you let us know what he says? Yeah, I will. And then we'll all make the decision for you based on his answer. You have nothing to do with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we got it from here. Right. All right, Asia, we'll talk to you tomorrow or send us an email, whatever. Okay. All right, bye bye. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. The longest actor strike in history is finally coming to an end. Maybe. So they were on strike for 118 days and the union's negotiating committee, they finally voted to unanimously approve a tentative deal and it's going to go to the SAG-AFTRA national board on Friday. And then after this, the union members will ratify the agreement. That could take weeks. So as long as everything goes to plan, the strike is going to finally be over and we can go back to talking about movies and actors again and not feel guilty about it, which is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never never felt guilty. I never felt guilty about it. I feel it. a little guilty about it. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Not Me once. I didn't spend any time at all. On it. <laughs> I thought it's yeah, and like more so than anything. Like so, this past Halloween, when SAG AFTRA told their members, "Okay, you can't dress up as you know characters from movies and whatnot," and Megan Fox was like, "Screw you, we're gonna do three different costumes from three different movies." Um, it's it's stuff like that that I'm ready to like. Psh, psh. Yeah, just move aside. Yes. Um, it, it it wasn't for like the big time actors, and we've said this before mm-hmm. that this strike was really all about. It was the actors and actresses that you haven't heard of. Uh, it's like for our friends Frankie, who yeah. works on the sets of movies and TV shows that were being affected by it, also that aren't making a billion dollars a year. And I think people don't realize like a majority of actors are struggling like they're working paycheck to paycheck and have other jobs it's like the George Clooney's and the Denzel Washington's and you know that's that's the smaller percentage of the actor community it was their responsibility to really stand up and stick up for all of those people that are working at Chili's right now in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. that are going to be actors and actresses and I don't know how the community feels about it but I don't know that they stepped up enough in this whole thing Mm. a a few of them did I, I, I remember a list of maybe only like 10 to 12 people who 
who donated millions of dollars in order to help. But outside of that, I didn't hear anybody helping. Yeah, it was George Clooney and a couple other actors who were like, we will literally pay more to end this strike because they understand what a privileged position they're in. I'm just feeling bad for like the Ryan Goslings who could have won Sexiest Man of the Year This mm. for people and had yeah. to turn it down because of SAG after. Yeah, that's the real travesty for sure. <laughs> it's really a tragedy. <laughs> How will Ryan Gosling go on? So there's no words on the exact details of the deal, but the producers say it will give union members quote, the largest increase in minimum wages in 40 years, a brand new plan for residuals, for streaming programs, extensive consent and compensation protections with AI and also sizable contract increases on items across the board. So we love that for them. Yay. Okay, someone who went (laughs) Someone who went to college with Lady Gaga uh, says she was super annoying, which uh, is really shocking news. Like a woman who wore a meat dress was annoying in college. (laughs) So as a big Bachelor fan, when I saw that Carly Waddell was talking about this, I was like, Carly, I haven't heard about her since she was on Bachelor in Paradise like five years ago. Carly Waddell was on The Bachelor in Bachelor in Paradise. She was married to another cast member named Evan Bass. He was the ED guy. And then they recently got divorced, but they have one kid together. Anyway. ED guy? um, Erectile dysfunction. And how did he get that label? He like he has like a, an ED clinic or something. Uh, uh, like he helps men. Oh, I think get he, it up. did he approve of that nickname? Or what? <laughs> no, <laughs> does does just, it run by him? You know how they have those chirons or the lower thirds for the bachelor titles when they're like, oh, th- what's their job? It, yeah. it was like Evan Bass and then ED guy or whatever. I, I think it probably said o- owner of a company that specializes in ED because <laughs> no. you don't, as a guy, you don't want to be known as the. It's not like the furniture guy. <laughs> the, no, the, ba- the bachelor does try to roast them with those lower thirds. They really do. So honestly, ED guy might be a little tame. Because wasn't there a chicken guy? Yeah. Chicken guy. Yeah. That's fine. I'm fine being called the chicken guy. I do not want to be the ED guy. You're helping men across the country with their ED. You should be proud. Okay, then my name is Helping Guys with ED Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think he made a lot of money off of it, too. So even though, you know, ED Guy isn't the greatest of title, like he's laughing all the way to the bed. <laughs> Maybe his name is just Ed. <laughs> it's Evan. It's Evan. So Carly Waddell was married to ED Guy. So now she's the ex-wife of ED Guy. And she was on another Bachelor, former Bachelor contestant's podcast, Jason Tardick's podcast called Trading Secrets. And she said Lady Gaga was so annoying because even when they were in school together, they both went to Tisch at NYU. She would be on the piano during lunch singing and playing at the top of her lungs. You were like in class with Lady Gaga? Yes, but then she was Stephanie. I was not a fan. During lunch, she would play on the piano. There's a piano because you would eat just in like a dance studio. And she would sit at the piano every single day and just play and sing Wicked at the top of her lungs every day. And we were all just trying to eat lunch. It's like break time. And we were all like forced to listen to her. And yes, was she good? Of course. She was great. But I just wanted to eat my sandwich. And so I used to just (laughs) eat in the hallway. Because she was driving me crazy. I mean, she was one of the good ones. I wouldn't ever be like, she was so above. But now she's so above. Yeah, so it's glad I'm glad to know that drama kids were annoying then and still annoying now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fans are concerned about Wynonna Judd after it looked like she was having a hard time walking at the CMAs. We'll talk about it on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Turns out the gateway drug for alcohol is Coke, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, any kind of soft drink. 
I'm glad you led with Coke, and I was hoping you were going to stop. That's where my mind went to. Yeah. So I'm reading this um, this this survey. And 2,000 kids aged between 9 and 10 surveyed how often they drank Coke and Pepsi and Dr. Pepper in addition to um, being more likely to try alcohol when they got older than if they didn't have those drinks at all. Hmm. That sounds like a strange connection to well, me, man. So we, we, we drank pop as kids. Um, pop? Is that yeah. what you called it in Kentucky? Pop? No, well... <laughs> So we grew up in Kentucky, so it was Pepsi. I know we are living in Coke territory now. What did you? Delete. No, no, she didn't say that. We were a Pepsi family. Uh huh. Just so bad for you. <laughs> and so, yeah, we definitely had pop growing up um, at the at the dinner table, and that was a, a normal in our diet. As far as that leading to alcohol, yeah. I don't I don't see the correlation. And now as an adult, so I haven't had soda in three years. I gave it up when I got pregnant mm-hmm. um, and have been, have managed not to do it. Don't get me wrong. Every now and then I will look at a Diet Coke and be like, I can feel the effervescence <laughs> on my upper lip. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've, I'm, pretty, I'm actually really proud of myself that I just gave up caffeine and um, haven't looked back on sodas since then. But I still drink. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So I don't know if that's like a... I'm, I'm, I'm trying, trying to understand the science behind it. Well, I, soda shops are really a big deal in places like Utah where they don't drink because of the religion there. So I don't see the correlation at all because they sure as hell ain't drinking and they're consuming soda like no other. I think this could be one of those backwards things because one of the stats from it are children who frequently drink soda show higher impulsivity and poorer working memory, which are known risk factors for substance use disorders. So it may be more like it's and if you're drinking that much soda, it's an indicator that your brain is primed mm. for substance abuse. Does that make sense? So mm. it's not the soda that's causing the alcohol. It's the impulse. Oh, okay. it, it's, the that's impulse. the kind of person that ah, you gotcha. are, so you're already headed that way. Gotcha. So we have to take a step even further back than the soda. I mean, because got, there's so much you got to look at, like, <laughs> their childhood homes, like the yep. family, how mm-hmm. they grow up, how they're taught nutrition. Like, I hate studies like this, because then people are going to be like, don't give your kids Coca-Cola, it's going to make them alcoholics, and <laughs> There's so many more factors yeah, than that. That like, would be the extreme on yeah. it for sure. Coca Cola, who is our he- headquartered here, really appreciate your appreciate yes. your message right now. <laughs> I love Coca Cola. I like it. I, it's delicious. I like it, and I like it in my drinks. <laughs> Big fan. Just a little rum to it. Woo! Yeah. All right, let's get Jan some help here, man. You, we probably have all been here before, where you start dating somebody. And things are going great, but then you're wondering, like, I wonder if my psycho ex is going to try to blow this whole thing up. Hey, Jan. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Good. Okay. What do we got going on here with the ex and the current? And how is this guy going to try to mess everything up? Okay. Let me provide a little background information first. So, um, dated my ex for approximately four years, broke up about two years ago. During the time we worked together, we acquired, well, he purchased them, but they were our cats, very bougie cats. They were expensive. Um, when we ended up breaking up, um, um, we tried to, like, make things work for a little bit, and then I decided I was going to move about six months afterwards across the country. So did that. Um, upon the move, he, I, like, bought the cats off of him. He made me sign, like, this elaborate contract of, like, stipulations to agree to in order to keep these cats in addition to the payment. So 
that was a little bit crazy, but did it, whatever, love the cast. Um, so, but had like here and there, like communication with him since then. Cause you know, he's not an ideal human, but like the attention when you're in a new city, it's difficult to meet people off the bat. Sure. So eventually um, he started getting real nasty with me. So I cut him off this summer and like blocked him on everything. Um, I've been dating somebody new for approximately like four months, made things official about a month ago. And then here's where the issue comes in. Um, get an email. Cause again, I blocked him on everything, but didn't think to block him on email. Um, he sends, Max sends me an email and says that he's coming into town to meet with his best friends. His best friend lives in the city I live in and that he is, demanding to see the cats, and if I do not let him see the cats, he will just show up to my apartment unannounced. So, where the issue lies is, do I give in to his request and set up a time for him to meet the cats, um, or do I just take the risk he's going to show up at my door and kind of, like, blow things up, because I don't want to set a bad precedent into my relationship going forward by lying, but I also don't want to... Mm-hmm expose all of this baggage as well and mm-hmm. set a bad tone in that way because it's so early on. How? So, yeah, that's a brief summary of it all. Yeah, no, no, that, you did a good job. Um, how how early on in this relationship is it? We've been seeing each other since the end of Ju- uh, July, but things were made official like about a month ago. Okay, okay so I, it's fresh. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think you should be honest with the dude and tell him about your psycho ex and tell him exactly what's on the table just like you told us. You're just you're afraid it's going to scare him away. Yes. Yeah. That's tough because I, I mean it, it kind of depends on the guy and knowing him. Like I'm the kind of guy that wouldn't bother me at all. I wouldn't think twice about it. But I do know a lot of guys who, if if they're not completely invested yet, and you give them that, they would probably run for the hills. Yeah. So I dated a guy, um, and his psycho ex showed up at the door when I was at his apartment and she was banging on windows. She was banging on doors and I had to hide out in the apartment until she left. And, um, (laughs) needless to say, yeah, um, wasn't a fan (laughs) of that kind of drama. And I wish he could, would have given me a heads up because we were just there and I was like ill prepared. So if there is a fear of your ex showing up and doing something like that, I feel like in, you need you need to give him a heads up. Jan, I actually think most guys in this situation wouldn't be weirded out by it. This is just my opinion. Feel free to step in. They would get protective in this situation. So I almost feel like it might even end up working out in your favor. You don't need to paint yourself as some victim. But if you explain that you dated this guy who was totally cuckoo bananas and that he might be showing up to your apartment like crazy, he might he might be like, you know what, it's time for me to step up as a man. And it might make him feel, you know, kind of like a man around you. And you might even do what you did with us and be like, hey, so my ex reached out and he wants to see the cats and explain to him the situation and be like, you know, any... Ask for his advice and see what what he thinks you should do. One of the scariest nights of my life was the psycho ex showed up at the apartment of the girl that I was seeing. The psycho ex was an MMA fighter. So he knocks on the door and she demands I go into the bathroom and not come out. Because <laughs> she knew I was going to get pummeled. That's the word. <laughs> yeah. So there I am just cowering yeah. just cowering in there waiting for this <laughs> the confrontation. How end. long were you in the bathroom? Four days. <laughs> <laughs> She's sliding you food under the door. Even when he left, I'm like, all right so final advice here i would i would talk to him mm-hmm. and 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 
and just kind of like not brace him, but ask his advice on what what he thinks you should do. I would talk to him. I would yeah. let him know just so that he's not surprised in case your unhinged ex decides to show up. Yep, that yeah. would be worse. Don't keep it from him. Make him feel mm-hmm. like a man. Yep, it's the bird show. Hey. The Bird Show. You guys, I'm stuck with a friend, and I'm, I'm hoping you can unstuck me. Unstuck you. Okay? Can you unstuck me, please? Do my best. Because <laughs> I'm trying to look at this without blinders on and see our point of view, her point of view, and get a better understanding of the difference between um, a friendship with boundaries or... Is it a friendship with conditions? Because mm-hmm. you want to respect your friend's boundaries, mm-hmm. right? But at, at a certain point, it starts to feel like your friendship has conditions. And that's the struggle right now with a friend. Okay, we're going to be here a while. So, yeah, and th- this is a person that's kind of like they need space. And you want to you want to give people in your life space to deal with whatever they're dealing with. But after a certain period of time... Um, and especially if this is like a friend you value after a certain period of time, it's like, okay, girl, how much more space do you need? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's where we are right now. What? So if a friend comes to you and they're like, you know, I just, um, if a friend comes to you and they're like, for my own mental health, for my own well being, I have to establish some boundaries and I have to take a step back. You can say that you don't take that personal, but that's a hard pill to swallow when your friend's telling you, uh, 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 apparently I'm affecting your mental health in a negative way, but okay. Um, and you want to you want to respect that, but it's mainly because your, your life is so complicated, dramatic, and full of trauma that they can no longer handle your amount of trauma because it's affecting them. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about here. Like to the point where they said, I'm going to have to see therapy because of what's going on in your life. Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to respect that, but I. So it's not personally. It's so the, it's not that the drama is between you and she or whomever. It is what you're going through is triggering something she went through before and she can't be around it. So she's putting space until you get your stuff together close she hasn't experienced any of this like she has it's not like it's like um and it's not that it's triggering for her in that manner it's just too much it's too much negativity um it's too much sadness Mm. it's it's just it's all too much and she needs to take a a step back but Mm. from what i can gather she's taken a step back for years now and one of my favorite Marilyn Monroe quotes is, "If you can't handle it, me at my if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best." All right, so I'm trying to put a couple of things together here, mm-hmm. and then Mo, it's all yours, dude. Um, so if if it's been years, yes, is she affected by whoever this person? Are we talking about you, the person that no. is the okay? No, uh, whoever has the stress going on in their lives has yeah. had it going on for five years. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So I'm thinking. And maybe we could dive a little deeper into it. But when you say boundaries versus conditions, right? Like mm-hmm. I have a friend who I've known for over 20 years and for six months in time, he just disappears. That's just what he does. And I don't take it personally because he does it to everybody. It's just his thing. And in the beginning, I used to feel like, well, what's the point of being a friend if I can't be there for you when you're in those tough times? But I've come to learn it. That's just his thing. And it's his boundary because he's not asking for anything. So that's why it doesn't bother me where I feel like when you say conditions, 
then that kind of feels more like you have to do something mm. in order to be my friend. And I feel like that would be a problem. Yeah. So what I'm trying to like, it's it, it's so complicated to like explain without going into the details, but I don't want to air my like all of my friends dirty laundry. That's not my place to do that. Those sure. are their stories to tell. But I mean, what it what it feels like to me is and I have friends who have, we all have our quirks. We all have our flaws. And I believe if it's a real true friend, you're going to meet them where they are. You're not going to expect them to be a different version of themselves. I know I have flaws. I am horrible when it comes to connecting on the phone, um, even responding to text messages or talking. And also my schedule is different from my friends. So they understand and they accept the fact that I'm not always there on the phone and I'm not readily available on the phone because one, I talk for a living. And after I'm done talking, I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> and two, when they're ready to talk at 830, you know, nine o'clock at night, I got to wind down and I got to get to bed. So our schedules are different and they don't hold that against me. Like, and I have apologized for that. And they just, they know that's, that's part of being my friend. Right. And I, my other friends have like their own little quirks and idiosyncrasies and flaws. If you want to dub it a flaw and so, and I respect those. So with this one particular friend, would this be considered a quirk, mm. a flaw, and that this is just what we have to expect of her? Or has it gotten to a point where if she can't be there for us during our toughest times, is is this her, is this her taking care of herself or mm -hmm. is she not really being a good friend? So let me try to communicate a confusing thought that I'm having. It could go all over the place. In a strange way, I feel like if you're a good friend, you'll just let her have her space because she's yeah. saying the healthiest me, yeah. no matter what's going on with the rest of you guys. Mm -hmm. I know it's very difficult like not to take it personally, Yes, but whatever is going on with you guys, she feels like her safe space is not around y'all right now or mm -hmm. this other friend right now. Correct. If you are a good friend and you really have her best interest at heart, I think you got to step away. And see, that's what that one friend is taking that position that, you know, we love her. We're, she, we, we're supposed to love her unconditionally. And this is what she, however, another friend is taking the opposite stance and she's like, no, this is BS. Like, you know, you're supposed to be there for your friends and, you know, you have a wonderful life and you should be very grateful for that. And your friends are going through some real stuff and you should be there for them. And then you have me who is promptly sitting on the fence. My ass is killing me right now. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out like, you know, I want to have a conversation with her, but I want to, I, I don't want to attack her. I want a better understanding of where she's coming from. And like, if she doesn't want to be our friend anymore, she doesn't want to be our friend anymore. And that's what it's feeling like from the outside. I think when people have a hard time communicating how they're feeling about deeper issues, they sometimes attach it to what's easy for them to communicate. And I think there's actually probably something deeper going on that she's probably been sitting on for a while. I feel like this is coming from a place of maybe unspoken resentment that she's felt over the course of your relationship. And this is sort of the lightning rod that she's using to be able to express all those complicated emotions that maybe she doesn't have the language for. And so if I was in your position... And she's not a good communicator. That There we go. Um, I was talking to my new therapist on Tuesday about what people 
become like in, in times of conflict. And they, mm-hmm. she said that you become a bigger version of yourself. And mm-hmm. so for me, I'm somebody who likes to communicate. I'm somebody who's very confrontational. So when conflict happens, I'm ready to go. Will you call her? <laughs> <laughs> no, but if your friend is the kind of person to bury her head in the sand or to yes. bury her feelings under mm-hmm. when really big conflict comes up, it's only natural that she's going to do that in an even bigger way. And so I think with this all these complicated feelings that she has, I just don't think she has the capacity to be able to express that. And I think if you really care about this friendship, in my opinion, I would take one, maybe two opportunities to to ask her to lay it all out there. And then that's all you can do. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you can only, you can bring a horse to water. You can't make a drink, but at least you've done everything on your part. Okay. (laughs) What do you get? What'd you take away from that? Did we unstuck you? Oh, I'm still sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) That still hurts. We've done nothing. (laughs) Nothing at all. It's the Bird Show. The Bird Show.